Your world, your challenges, your faith. When faith within engages the world without, there's power. It's living life from the inside out. The Apostle Paul urged those following Jesus to keep the unity of the Holy Spirit through the bond of peace. But I think we can all agree that the tone inside much of the church has grown more divisive, right along with the tone of the culture. Can we find the unity the Apostle Paul talks about and that we believe the Holy Spirit enables? Well, that's the topic of today's Inside Out on Family Life, where we look at how God transforms His people from the inside out. I'm Martha Manikas Foster, and my guest today is pastor and author Daniel Darling. Dan joined us once before in 2020. His new book is titled Agents of Grace. Welcome back, Dan, to Inside Out. It's great to be with you. Great to have this conversation. I always enjoy talking with you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. So, Dan Darling, the last presidential cycle exposed disturbing divisions in the American evangelical church. And, and you, you've been talking about these kinds of things for quite a while. Among other things, we're divided over how our faith and earthly power interact. And we have differences in what we believe are Christ-like ways to engage in conflict with brothers and sisters and even more. We've often played this all out in front of, as we say, a watching world. And now we're headed into another election. So, Dan, what might be the result if we, as Christ followers, don't address the divisions between us and what might happen instead if we can become, in your words, agents of grace? Well, I think we first have to understand the times we're living in. And, you know, we're, we're in very disruptive times, very divisive times. I think due to the digital revolution, the digital age, it's never been easier to communicate and express ourselves. There's a lot of good to that. It has elevated a lot of important voices, but there's also um, drawbacks to that. And I think it has uh, shortened the time between, you know, having a thought and expressing it. Mm. Also, you know, it's a disruptive age. We've had, you know, very divisive presidential elections. We've had COVID. We've had racial tensions, all of these things. And so, you know, the, the divisions that we're seeing in the American church, the conversations are not different than the ones that are happening in the world, mm-hmm. uh, every institution is going through this. But as Christians, we have an opportunity to model something different, that Jesus said that the world would know that we are His by the way we love each other. And uh, I, I really wanted to write this book to help Christians return to this idea. What does it mean to love each other as Christians? Francis Schaeffer said that God has given the world the right to judge the validity of our faith mm. by the way we treat each other. In other words, the world should look in and say, I don't really understand what Christians believe, but look how they treat each other. So I think part of that is understanding which, you know, what issues really matter. There are things that we need to contend for, right? Paul says to Timothy, fight the good fight. And then there are other things that are important but not ultimate, right? He also tells Timothy later in 2 Timothy to avoid stupid and foolish questions. So I think having that sort of discernment matters. So we save our energy, our fighting energy, for the important battles. So there's been a like a triangle diagram that's been around quite a long time, with the peak being those core beliefs, and then the mm-hmm. preferences are down at the bottom, and we ought not to really get into it with people over our preferences and those things that are core beliefs would be worthy of serious conversation and and, and conflict and resolving those conflicts. But I'm just wondering if we just redefine what are the preferences and what are the core beliefs and now like the whole triangle is core beliefs and we feel like we can contend on all of them. I think so. 
I think the triangle is a great way of putting it. You know, other people have used the term you know, theological triage, you know, mm. when you're in an emergency room and you have to triage. I had an accident a few months ago and I hurt my leg. Mm. It was not that serious, but, but serious enough to go, but it wasn't, you know, life-threatening. Okay. So the medical professionals will triage. They'll say, okay, we're going to take care of these things before we take care of these things. I think, you know, Christians have had to do that throughout the, the church age to say, what are the what are the top things that we, we can't budge on? Now, I would say, you know, these core Christian beliefs, Christian orthodoxy, the, these the set of beliefs that has been handed down to us from generation to generation, you know, things like the deity of Christ and the virgin birth and the exclusivity of Christ, mm-hmm. um, the Trinity, and I would put Christian sexual ethics up there that's so woven through through Scripture. It's hard mm-hmm. to deny that it's a it's a top issue. But then there are secondary things where, you know, churches and the denominations will divide and say, we have disagreements on this. You know, I'm, I'm a Baptist, so I believe in baptism by immersion. I have a lot of Presbyterian, Anglican, Lutheran friends, and other denominations have a difference of opinion. We can we can do so much together, mm-hmm. partner on so many things. I read their books, they read our books, you know. we. But when we gather and when we organize, we, we organize differently, and that's okay. I think we we should be rooted in our traditions and have opinions on where we stand, and but also hold it hold it loosely. And then there's things that are even, you know, less important, you know, that even people in the same congregations might disagree on. You know, how do you exercise your politics? How do you educate your kids? You know, mm-hmm. some of these mm-hmm. things. And my fear is we're really dividing and, and taking a lot of our energy on these really lower shelf things that are important and we have convictions on and opinions on, but we're letting those divide friendships and divide churches Mm-hmm. And I think we need to be more open-handed on those things so that we can save our fighting energy and our time for the really important fights, for the communicating the good and true and beautiful of, of mm-hmm. Christian orthodoxy. And so I think we have that upside down a little bit, and, and we've succumbed to the sort of divisiveness of the spirit of the age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I've heard the word enemy used more within the Church, more than I ever expected. Years ago, when I thought ahead and thought how pressure might be on the church, I really expected it to all be from the outside, and the church was unified, mm-hmm. looking mm-hmm. outward and reaching outward. But to have the division so much inside the church is, is uh, well, it's heartbreaking. Um, so I'm glad that you're addressing that in this book. Now, if you would just give me a moment, Dan, to welcome those who may just be joining us. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Inside Out on Family Life. I'm talking today with author Daniel Darling, whose new book is titled Agents of Grace. Dan, you've been the focus of hurtful public criticism uh, within, within the church. So when you write about ways we can visibly show love that reflects the love of Christ, you're not just reciting a Sunday school lesson. So that said, what are some concrete ways we can live out the love of God that could contribute to the unity of the church? Well, first of all, I think we have to ask ourselves, what does love require? You know, and in the first chapter of this book, I I talk about, you know, love between Christians and what does it require? Mm -hmm. And I talk about friendship and hanging on to our friendships in this age that wants to divide us so, so deeply. And First Corinthians chapter 13 tells us a lot about love, what love requires. I mean, at the very least, it says love believes all things. Love gives each other the benefit of the doubt. We shouldn't be naive, we shouldn't be foolish, but we should give others the benefit of the doubt. To not always assume that the person we disagree with or the person who 
uh, maybe fails at something is doing it from a position of solace that they have some ulterior motive, but to, to love them and to hang on to our friendships despite disagreements. You know, you might have a friend over here who you think, man, I think he's a little off base here or he's a little crazy here mm-hmm. or a friend over here who, who you disagree with. But to hold on and say, you know, they're my friends and I'm going to stick with them. I'm going to love them through this. And I think we see this kind of example of love and friendship in in the Bible. I I think of the verse in Proverbs 18 where it says, there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I actually learned growing up the um, King James Version, you know, there's a love love that sticketh Mm -hmm. closer than a brother. Mm -hmm. And I always thought of that word sticketh, you know, something that will just not let go. Like a burr when you're Um, walking through the woods. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Or like, you know, if your your, uh, child eats, you know, waffles and has a syrup all over it. Everything's sticking right. and won't go off. Or if you super glue your hands together or something. Or that. <laughs> and, you know, you see in Scripture, I think of Ruth saying to Naomi, where you go, I will go. Mm-hmm. Your people will be my people. In other words, I'm not letting you go. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm walking with you as you walk toward God. Or, or David and Jonathan. And Jonathan, who gave up essentially mm-hmm. the throne, he gave up being the next king. Mm-hmm. He was willing to risk his life and go against his own father because he said, man, David has God's hand on him and I'm going to be his friend. I'm going to stick with him. We need those kinds of friendships. You know, these are hard and and tumultuous times. And the more that we hang on to our friendships, the more that we love our brothers and sisters, the more we can do together. I think the enemy, Satan, really wants to divide Christians and get us distracted and divided so that Mm -hmm. we can't fulfill the mission of God. Mm. So so having thought this through, as you have, and having written a book for us to kind of see your thoughts, uh, do, do you have hope? I do have a lot of hope. Um, I, have, I am not cynical about the Church. I know cynicism is almost a cottage industry right now, mm-hmm. and it's almost its own literary genre, uh, cynicism about the Church. And I think we have to be careful about that. We do need to be discerning, but it's easy to get sort of shaped and formed by negative headlines. And, and, and I do want to acknowledge that we have had scandal in the Church. We've had leaders following. We've had all these things exposed, and we do have a mess in our own house that we have to clean up. But if we're not careful, our view of the Church will be shaped by negative headlines. And, and the thing is, you know, faithfulness doesn't, doesn't make for a clickable headline. Right. Someone who, a pastor who's faithful for 25 years, uh, the young people that that go overseas to help refugees in war-torn countries. Those kinds of things don't make the headlines. You know, there's a difference between discernment and cynicism. And I think cynicism, we have to fight. I think somehow we've convinced ourselves that God's best days are behind Him, that the Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit is not drawing people to Himself, that Christ doesn't save. And He is. God is active and alive today. just heard a story about someone preaching and a bunch of young people coming to faith in Christ. Or think about these revivals that we've seen in places like Asbury and around the country. You know, we have to look up and see what God is doing in the world and rejoice in that. Mm. I I just watched the Jesus Movement movie a few months ago. My wife and I saw it. And it really encouraged my heart. You think about the 60s and 70s and how tumultuous they were. We had three assassinations. We had Mm -hmm. racial tension. We had the sexual revolution. We had Vietnam. We had Watergate all these other things, and yet here comes this movement and that nobody saw coming. Mm-hmm. And so even in the midst of these difficult times, 
we should ask ourselves, what is God up to? What is God doing? What is he about to do in the world? Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we should look and see what God is doing. Saying, and, and, and see how we can join him. Yes. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. And how do we join him? No, mm-hmm. that's ex- absolutely right. And I think, you know, if you, if you are catechized and shaped by cynicism, you're going to think, you know, every, every evangelical Christian is, you know, crazy political. Every Christian is not this or not that. And the truth is, you know, the body of Christ is made up of mostly ordinary Christians mm-hmm. who are putting their yes on the table, who are trying to be faithful to God in their communities. And uh, we have to look and see what God is doing. I am not cynical about the church. Jesus is not cynical about the church. You know, Christ, the Bible says Christ loves his bride. Mm-hmm. He loves the body. He's, he's not ambivalent about his love for the church, mm-hmm. and neither should we be. I mean, he's not sitting there saying, can you believe I have to hang with these people? Can <laughs> right. you believe I have right. to be with these people? Right. You know, he's not, Jesus is not distancing himself from the church, and I don't think we should. Mm-hmm. And he said he would build it. Right. He said right. he it's would build it. Yeah, yeah. I am encouraged by your hope, and I hope that those who are listening are also. Thank you so much for talking with me today, Dan, here on Inside Out. Well, thank you for having me. I love the work that you're doing there, and uh, blessed to uh, have this conversation. Mm, My guest has been pastor and author Daniel Darling, author of the new book, Agents of Grace. You can learn more about Dan by going to DanielDarling.com. I'm Martha Manikas Foster with Inside Out on Family Life. Thank you for plugging into this Family Life News podcast, streaming issues-driven, family-focused news.